This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Glory to God. God is so awesome. We want to, again, welcome everybody that's joining us, streaming live, and um, the church family, and all visitors. Praise God. God is doing, I believe that this is a miracle year, and God's answering prayers. Amen. Before I get into my message, I just want to say this, that, you know, it, I, I've been watching a lot of the news and I, I know just trying to get information on where we're at with this uh, COVID-19, this coronavirus. And um, it's interesting. I just want to say this, that all the models say that over 240 or 50,000 people would die of it in, a U- in the U.S. And then as... As, pro, as we started progressing into it, the models kept changing, and now they're saying it's dropping down to 60,000 people. So what, what is that saying? And they don't know why. I can tell you why. God is moving. I believe that we need to get the God factor in, and how we do that through prayer. And like I preached earlier a couple weeks back, if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves... And pray and seek his face. What will happen? He will hear from heaven and he will heal our land. And so and turn. Of course, there's one part turn from our wicked ways. Amen. And so we want to we want to turn from our wicked ways. I was talking to somebody earlier today before I started the service. And I said to them, I said, you know, there's a lot less sinning going on because the clubs are shut down. <laughs> Amen. So there's there's less people dying of uh, drunk driving. So there might be some good that's coming out of the pandemic. Amen. And so, like I like to say, you know, let's not focus on the clouds. Let's focus on the silver lining around the clouds. Amen. And so uh, today I want to talk to you about that we need to keep moving in God. You know, sometimes we're in a place, and I don't know if you ever feel like this or not, but do you ever feel stuck? Do you ever feel like that things aren't changing? Do you feel like you've been praying, and, and, the, and the, as some would say, the heavens are brass, uh, that your, your, your prayers aren't even getting higher than the ceiling, and that it seems like that you've been in a, you know, predicament for years. Have you ever, ever feel like that God's not listening? And sometimes, you know, uh, we feel stuck in where we're at at times. But I believe that God is moving and he's trying to reveal truth. He's trying to reveal truth in this time of this pandemic. You know, uh, he's trying to real, reveal truth, you know, in, in, in where we're at in, as, as a body of believers. I'm going to say this. You, our faith as a body is being tested. Amen. We are being tested and the world is being tested. And so our faith is being tested. And, and really, are we going to believe God? Are you look at your neighbor? Look, look at your your spouse and say, believe God. Are you going to believe that God can do something, work a miracle in the in, in this mess that we 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 are in? Amen. God can work a miracle in your mess. Do you believe that today? I believe that today. And he's going to work out miracles. He's already working out miracles. And, uh, you know, with, with the numbers, they're going down and down and down. 
uh, you know, it's not as uh, great uh, as a problem as some thought that it would be in some of their states. Amen. And so we need to just continue to believe God, that God's working miracles, healing those that may be afflicted with COVID-19 and that God's bringing people through it to the other side. Amen. So I want to talk to you about that, that we need to keep moving forward in God. And the key to do that is we got to evaluate where we are at in God. Uh, you know, I, I believe that the problems in our life will have us to, to sometimes it, it should bring us to a place where we evaluate why we're dealing with a problem. You know, if, if there's a problem with your car and it's not running right or the engine light is coming on, you know, that's telling us there's something that we need to attend to. And I, I believe that sometimes when problems are coming in our lives, it should, it should reveal something to us that maybe there's something that we need to do. We might need to change. We might need to do something. In, in, in this problem of this pandemic, we need to pray. We need to be standing for the people that don't have faith. We need to be standing for those people that, that have lost their jobs and they don't know where to turn. Thank God there, there, there are people, even in our church, that are prospering even, even in this pandemic where people are losing their jobs. Why? Because God is our source. And God can cause us to prosper even in the midst of a famine. Amen. And so we have to, we have to evaluate where we're at. You know, you have to think about your, you know, where, where are you at? In other words, where are you at in God? You know, when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden... And they, you know, they rebelled actually against God's commands. And they took the fruit of, of the knowledge of good and evil. And, and, they, and, of course, Eve bought into the lie. And so they ate of that fruit. And what happened? They died spiritually. And so God started looking for Adam because, see, God's whole focus on mankind, he desires a relationship with us. He desires to fellowship with us. He, he created us for fellowship. And so what does sin do? It, it separates us from the goodness of God. Sin separates us. It, it, it keeps us from seeing the goodness of God. And so what happened is that as, as Adam and Eve, as a sin, shame came in. And as God wanted to fellowship with Adam, Adam and Eve ran and hid behind the trees. And so, you know, they, they hid from the presence of God. In this time, we don't need to hide from God. We need to run into his loving arms. In this time, we need to start seeking God's provision, amen, in, in the pandemic. And God is a God that provides glory to God. We know this, that whenever we move away from the things of God, um, problems come our way. Whenever we start leaving the fundamental truths of God's word and, you know, I, you know, in the world system, even the church has kind of gotten away from from God, even our school systems and and everything has gotten away from prayer and and all this. And I really believe that that during this pandemic, it's a call for us to get closer to God, to get back to a place where we're loving God and loving our families. Amen. And in, and in the story in Luke 15, uh, 11 through 32, it talks about the prodigal son. And, uh, and this was a man that, this was a, a son that, that went to his father to get his inheritance. And you know the story. 
he took his inheritance early and he and he left the father's house and he went and he spent all his money on riotous living and and he just lived for the world. And then a famine came into that town and he was in famine and and the prodigal son found himself in a place that he didn't want to be in. He was in the pig pen. And, you know, I'm going to say this. uh, Some of us. Maybe we used to walk with God. We may be in a pig pen today and we need a, you know, part of God's grace in our lives is God revealing to us that we're in a pig pen. See, we, we need we need to get a revelation that if we're not in a good place, God needs to wake us up and say, you're not in a good place. I remember many years ago, I was backslidden out of church. I was a Christian. I love God, but just living my life for myself and. Uh, you know, and, and God woke me up one morning and he revealed to me things were wrong in my life that 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 not that he was trying to say that he was judging me. He was just saying that there there's things that are happening that that beyond my control and that uh, the enemy was working. And so I'm going to say this. There are things happening. The, the devil's out here. Yeah. He's out here to steal, kill and destroy. But God is out here, too. And he's out here to give us life and life more abundant. With the prodigal son, he sowed to the flesh. He sowed into wrong living. He, he sowed bad seed. And listen, judgment in a sense is, is, is really reaping what you sow. God's not doing something to the world. The world is reaping what it sows. That's a law. You know, uh, even in the Old Testament, God told the Israelites that if they turned away from serving him, if they turned away from uh, worshiping him, if they turned to other gods, that that uh, these negative things would happen to them. He would tell them ahead of time, don't turn away from me. Embrace me. Keep walking with me. Keep believing in me. Keep expecting uh, my promises to manifest stay with me but they would leave God and what would happen tragedy would come problems would come I you know you know when I I I realize that when I'm away from God problems start coming but when I get close to God promises start manifesting I'm telling you that I'm gonna say again when you get close to God and start standing on his promises promises start manifesting with the prodigal son he thought to himself I could go back home my father has servants that are treated better than what he was being treated in that town you know feeding swine you know and and eating the pods that the swine ate and he thought to himself even the servants are treated better in his father's house and he thought to himself I can go back and I can be at least a servant but I I love this about God See, 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 God is, is a representation of the father and the father saw the prodigal son. And what what did the father do? He didn't turn away from from the prodigal son. He ran towards him. You see, anytime we realize that we're not in a right place with God, anytime we realize and we turn towards God, what does God do? He, he embraces us. I like what the scripture says. If you draw near to God, God will draw near to us. So listen, don't put your faith in science. Don't put your faith in a vaccine. Don't put your faith in all that. Put your faith in God. 
Thank God for science. Thank God for, 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 for what they can do. But there's, there, you've got to put your faith in God in this time. Say, I put my faith in God. Amen. So, so we have to discover where we're at in God. Where is our relationship in God? Number two, we need to discover, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to move forward in God and even in, in a place where we feel stuck, amen, we need, we need to get a revelation of who we are in Christ Jesus. Sometimes I think when we, when the problem comes our way, we forget who we are. We forget whose we are. In other words, we, we forget that God is in heaven and God watches over us. We, we, we tend to forget that God is even with us. I don't know if you've ever been there or not. I, I've been there when I was in a place where I, I, I didn't know where to turn and I was looking for answers and it just didn't seem like God was working. And I was like, God, do you even care? Amen. <laughs> Have you ever been there? God cares. He cares about everything. We just got to, like I said earlier, keep the switch of faith turned on. So, so we need to, number two, we need to uh, discover who we are in Christ. I like what it says in 2 Corinthians five seventeen because I'm going to say this. As the body of Christ, if you're a Christian, uh, we, we are a nation of people. We're a called out people. A, a, a generation. In other words, we are the bride of Christ. And so, so we're not of the world. You know, I, I think sometimes uh, things happen in the world and some people say it's the judgment of God. If, if it is the judgment of God, it's judgment on the world system. It's not judgment on the Christian. Um, can I say that again? God's not judging the Christian church. No, if there's a judgment going on, it's on this world system. Can I get an amen or oh me? In other words, it's the world trying to live without God. It's God revealing to the world, you better start looking to me because I'm the only answer to your problem. It, it, it should be a wake. Am I talking to somebody today? It should be a wake up call. You know, I, I, listen, if, I, if I'm backslidden in my walk with Christ... And, 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 and people, you know, I'm hearing about this pandemic. What the devil's going to try to do is put fear on me. Why? Because I'm not even walking with Christ like I need to. And fear will come on. And listen, faith and fear doesn't mix. The Bible actually says the just shall live by fear. No, the just shall live by faith. And so we need to, we need to bolster our faith up. How do we do that? By hearing the word of God. By receiving as much word as we can. You know, uh, I'm, I'm always, when I'm listening to the news, I'm listening to a lot of conservative news. And uh, I like to listen to, you know, that the cases are getting lower. You know, uh, that they're finding cures for it. That they're finding remedies that helps people. I like that because that tells me my God's working. I'm not looking at all the people that are dying. I'm looking at all the people that are surviving. I'm looking at all the people that are making it through on the other side, like 99% of the people are making it through and only a few people are not. But, you know, in our camp as Christians, we're all going to make it through to the other side. Why? Because we're the triumphant church. We are the triumphant church. We are not subject to this world's weaknesses or these world diseases. No, we are a people. We are a people of God. We're called out ones. 
We're, you know, I like what, what some of the patriarchs would say and, and, and the apostles. They, they would say, you know, even Peter, he, he said that we're pilgrims. Why? This world is not our own. We're just traveling through glory to God. But we're here to demonstrate the glory of God wherever we're at. Amen. And so we got to get a revelation that we're new creations in Christ. Old things are passed away and all things are new. Amen. In other words, we're not a part of this world system. So, you know, we we don't respond or react the same way that the world responds or reacts when when you're hearing about a virus, an invisible virus that may attack you. Amen. Listen, we're we Listen, the law of life in Christ Jesus, in Romans 8, the law of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. You know, last week I talked about what Jesus did on the cross for us. And I talked about that, that, that he, he redeemed us, what, the people, us, you know, believers, he's redeemed us from the curse of the law. And what is the curse of the law? The curse of the law is, is whenever a person breaks God's law, curse comes in. And, and first of all, the breaking of God's law brought in spiritual death into mankind. So Jesus came to bring spiritual life. So when Jesus went to the cross and the Bible said that he tasted death for all mankind, that means, and, and, and then he was raised from the dead, you know, you know, the, you know, Satan thought he had Jesus when he when Jesus died on the cross. But when Jesus rose three days later, triumphant over death, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? Amen. And so, listen, death does not have any power over the Christian. Can I say that again? Death has no. You say, what are you saying, pastor, that a Christian can't won't die? In a sense, we don't die. Amen. Yes, we may physically die, but we are translated into heaven. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And we don't taste the sting of death. Glory to God. We just, trans, we just move from the world to heaven. Glory to God. Can I, get, can I get somebody excited in the room today? Amen. So we got to get a revelation that, that we are... Divine partakers, we're, we're partakers of the divine nature, as Peter says. We are partakers of the divine nature, and so we have divine protection over us. If we're going to move forward in God, we've got to realize this, number three, is that God is not your enemy. Amen. Can I say that again? God is not the one that's putting sickness and disease on your bodies. God is not the one that's trying to see, you know, trying to test your faith to see what you're made of. No, 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 no. It's the devil that comes to steal, kill and destroy. You know, it's interesting that Jesus, when he was in the wilderness, he was in the wilderness being tempted and tested of who? Any Bible readers? Who who was was what was was Jesus being tested and tempted by God? No, he was being tested and tempted and tried by who? The devil. So what is what does the devil do? do? He he tests us, he tempts us, he tries us. Why? Because he's trying to try our faith. Right? And so and so we gotta realize this that whatever is coming against us, it's not God, 
It's the enemy. We've got to get, get a revelation of that. Because if we think that God is behind the virus that's in this world, that he's putting it on us, amen, then why, why should we even fight against it? Amen. In other words, God's not, you know, the enemy is coming to steal, kill, and destroy. But God can bring glory out of, you know, the, the, the negative. God works all things out for good. He can work all things out for good, even the evil. He can work all things out for good to those that love him, right? To those that love him. Can I, to those that love him. To those that love him and called according to his purposes. Amen. God can work out good in the midst of the problem. You know, I, I think about Joseph and how Joseph really, he, he was, uh, uh, you know, he, he was a God-fearing man. And, and he, he loved his, his father. And, and, of course, he was the favorite of the family. Got that coat of many colors. And uh, but you know what? He got thrown into a pit by his brothers. You know, he didn't really deserve that. Yeah, he may have been a little arrogant, maybe a little cocky over his dreams, you know, saying I'm going to be, you know, he, he, he may, you know, he maybe needed a humbling lesson. But but he didn't need to be thrown into a pit and then sold into slavery. Can somebody say that that's not just. But you know what? Even though that the enemy was trying to destroy Joseph, God was working miracles out in Joseph's life. Amen. You know, even though that that he was thrown into a pit and then so sold into slavery, he ended up in a person's house, Potiphar's house. And Potiphar was like one of these generals in in the uh, army of the Egyptian army. And so Potiphar was a high rank in general. And so so he ended up in this. And then then what happened? The Bible says that God prospered Joseph even while he was in slavery. And say, I'm going to say this to you. God can prosper you even in a sense because we're we're sort of in a slavery type situation. Some of we're bound to our houses. We we can't do things like we used to do. And, uh, you know, God can still prosper us. In the famine, you know, we have a lady that uh, that has her own business in the church and and she uh, sews and she teaches sewing classes and all that. And uh, she's actually, you know, we 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 talk to her and she's actually making masks, you know, through her, her business. And she and she is prospering in her business. God is allowing her to prosper. Amen. See, so whatever the enemy's trying to do to shut down business, God can increase it in your life. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God can do a miracle in the mess. Amen. So, so what's the key for God doing miracles? Believe. You've got to get up every morning and believe Amen. that something good is going to happen to you. You've got to believe. We've got to believe. Jesus would say, if you only believe... You will see the miracle. If you only believe, you will see the glory of God. We just got to believe. Look at your neighbor and say, believe. So we have to realize the number three key is that, that God is not our problem. Amen. That, that the devil is the problem of humanity, the devil and sin, of course. And so we have to look at that. And, and I think some people believe that God's running this planet. 
Uh, some Christians believe that because God is almighty, that he's actually, he's the one that's actually running everything. And so if starvation is going on, God's behind people starving. If, 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 uh, if there's um, war going on, God's behind the war. You know, no, 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 no. You, you, you misunderstand God's character. Because God is not running this planet. He is running heaven, though. And that's the reason why he had Jesus lead the disciples and us in a prayer. And, and that prayer is called the Lord's Prayer. And in the Lord's Prayer, it says, pray that it will be down here on earth like it is in heaven. Well, it's not, it's not like heaven down here on earth. So what, what, what was the Lord was Jesus saying to his disciples? He was saying, pray that God's will will be down, will be like down here on earth as it is in heaven. And God's will is not going on on this earth. In other words, a lot of the, the planet is not following God. Some Christians aren't following God. Oh, man. Did I say something today? <laughs> Some Christians need to wake up. Amen. We need to wake up and start following God with a with a whole heart, not half heartedly, but with a whole heart. Somebody say that hurts so good. Amen. Amen. That hurts. So In other words, we need to get a revelation of how good God is. We need to stay close to God. We need to be as close to God and not be on the outskirts or see how close we can get on the uh, on the cliff. Amen. No, be as close to God as possible. Stay close to God. And we need to realize it's the enemy that comes to steal, kill and destroy. Now, now, my 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 key here, what I want to say is, is that the devil is the God of this world system. See, man is really the God of this world system because God gave us authority uh, in Genesis one twenty six. So he gave us authority, but then Adam and Eve gave that authority away when they bowed their knee to Satan, in a sense, by eating of the fruit of the tree. So Satan usurped that authority. Now Satan has some authority on this planet. Well, let me just, just back that up. When Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted and tried of the devil, the, there were three temptations that Jesus dealt with. And one of the temptations was the cherry on the top, if I may. It, what, what Satan said to Jesus was that, that this world system was handed to him and that he could give it to whoever he wanted to. So in a sense, the world was handed, how was it handed to him? Well, it was handed to him through men sinning and given our authority to the devil. So in a sense, so, so, so in a sense, Satan has this world system. Are you listening to me? And so God is trying to invade the world system through Christians praying and for us praying for people and us doing good works and, and, and us preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. But the world system is still in the hands of the enemy. Until Jesus comes back, you know, he's going to come back. Jesus is coming back. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus is coming back. Somebody say Maranatha. See, that's something that they used to say in the very beginning, because when the church was being established, there was a lot of persecution in the church. Amen. And, uh, and there, the church is being persecuted and they would say to each other, th- praying that Jesus would come back and pick them up. Amen. And they would say Maranatha. You know, Lord, that means Lord, come quickly. 
Amen. And so, listen, Jesus is coming back. We're in the end days and we need to be ready. We need to have our oil filled. We need to be ready, you know, like the five virgins that Jesus talked about. Ten virgins, five had their oil filled and five did not. Five was ready for Jesus and five wasn't. And we've got to have our oils filled. In other words, we need to be walking with God. We need, we need to be walking in faith. Amen. And so I like this uh, scripture here that reveals that the devil is the God of this world system. God is not doing it. God is not. He's not the destroyer. God is the healer. He's the deliverer. Can I say that again? God is the healer. He's the deliverer. I, I, I might have to. Oh, my Lord. Do you know what the names of God is? You know, in the Old Testament, there there are seven names of God. And uh, and one of the names of God is Jehovah Nisi. And that name means that God is our refuge and God is a, our refuge in times of trouble. God is our protector. Amen. So you got to think about the character of God. One of his names is Jehovah Nisi. God is our refuge. In other words, God is here to protect us. There's another name for God in the Old Testament. And see, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus revealed the goodness of God when he lived down here because Jesus walked around healing, delivering, and setting people free, doing miracles of provision, providing food for 5,000 and 4,000 people. 5, he, he, Jesus was, was revealing the love and the nature of God when he was down here on this earth. And so number two, uh, God is called the Jehovah Jireh. And, and that means that God is the God that provides. He's Jehovah Jireh. God provides for us. Amen. See, that name came uh, by Abraham uh, having to sacrifice Isaac. And then when Abraham went on that mountain, you know, God said, don't sacrifice Isaac. I have a lamb that's going to that, that, that which he was talking about, Jesus. But uh, Abraham saw the, the ram in the thicket that was stuck. And, and that ram was taking place of his son being uh, sacrificed. And that's where the name of God came. God is our provider. I'm going to say this, that God has already the ram in the thicket before you even have a problem. God already has the answer before you have that problem. All we got to do is get our eyes open. To the answer. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? God opened uh, Abraham's eyes and, and saw the, the ram in the thicket. Our eyes got to get open to the revelation that God is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Isn't that awesome? I mean, I love these names of God. Why? Because it reveals the character of God. God is not the destroyer. God is not coming here to destroy mankind. No, God is trying to save mankind. He's trying to do everything he can to save people, deliver people, and set people free. Jehovah Rapha. Say Jehovah Rapha. I love that. What does Jehovah Rapha mean? God is the God that heals. Exodus 15, 26 talks about that if you will follow my word. He, he had this word for the Israelites that if you follow my commands and obey them, you will walk in my healing. Amen. So if we just follow God, he's the Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. 
Amen. I like what it says in 1 Peter 2.24 that Jesus even says, uh, by his stripes you were healed. Jesus. You know, he redeemed us from spiritual death, like I said last week. He redeemed us from sickness. Amen. In other words, Jesus paid the price so that we don't have to get sick or that we can be delivered from sickness. By his stripes we are healed. Amen. We need to think about that. I think we, we, we forget about all that Jesus has done for us. Jesus became, he was stripped, naked, put on the cross. He became poor that through his poverty, what? That we may become rich. Glory to God. So he's Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He's Jehovah. So, you know, you may be dealing with some famine in your life. God can turn it around. God can turn around whatever famine you're dealing with. You may have lost your job. God's going to give you creative ideas. God's going to show you how to prosper as long as you put your trust and faith in God. Say, trust God. Amen. He's Jehovah Shalom. I love that. Shalom. What does that mean? God is our peace. God is our peace. We need to realize this, that it doesn't matter what type of storm is coming against us. God can give us peace in the midst of our storms. Glory to God. God, God, Jesus would say, peace, be still to the storms, to the natural storms, and they would shut down. Glory to God. Whenever the enemy is trying to put fear on me, you know, the Bible actually says, be anxious for nothing. But through, be anxious, have no anxiety. Don't have any anxiety you're going to catch a bug. Don't have any anxiety that, 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 you, that you have to make sure that, that you're, you're adhering to everything that they're saying. Yeah, I understand. Be, wash your hands. And, but, you know, wearing a mask, you know, while walking the dog, you're not around anybody. I, I don't think I'd do that, you know, because I'm, I'm not around anybody. Why do you need to wear a mask? Amen. <laughs> And, you know, wearing a mask inside of a car. I, I think, you know, I, I don't understand that. You're not going to catch anything if nobody's in your car with you. The Lord. Amen. You know, I, I think we can overdo do it. I think we can, we can get in so much fear that, that you know, that, that we're over, trying to overdo everything, overcompensate. Right. No, listen, God's your protector. I'm not saying don't be safe and I'm not saying not to wash your hands, but I'm just saying just 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 have faith in God. God will protect you. I like this. uh, He's Jehovah uh, Ra. He's he's our shepherd. Amen. God is Jehovah Ra. He is our shepherd. Jesus said, I am the chief shepherd. I, I am the great shepherd that lays down his life. For his sheep. Amen. So, so, so God is Jehovah Ra. He's our shepherd. What does that mean? He will lead us and guide us into all truth. He will help us and show us what we need to do on a daily basis. Sometimes I, I, I'm trying to, uh, like I, I may like put my keys somewhere in the house. And before I even think about where's my keys. Or sometimes I say, where are my keys? All of a sudden I would know immediately where to go. Why? Because God leads us and guides us into all truth. God will show us how to escape the snares of the evil one. Somebody say, in him, I live and move and have my being. See, God is working and living in us. 
and he's helping us in everything that we do. Glory to God. So you got you to believe that. Say, I believe that. He's Jehovah Tiskanu. God is our righteousness. Hallelujah. So, so he is our righteousness. And, and, and so he imputes that righteousness. We have right standing because of the blood of Jesus. Glory to God. Say, I believe that. He's Jehovah Shammah. God is there, the ever-present one. Glory to God. And so I just wanted to go through a couple of the names because the names of God reveals his character. And, you know, the character of God is always about restoration. It's always about blessing. It's always about increase. That's God's character. The devil, you know, like I like to say, God likes to add. The devil likes to subtract. Uh, are you here? God likes to multiply. He's the multiplier. The, God, uh, the devil is the divider. He wants to divide, you know. So he's the divider. He's the, he's the subtractor, the devil. But God is the multiplier. He's the adder. He always adding life to us. So we got to get a revelation of that. Amen. And so we got to get a revelation that really that the, that the devil is the God of this world system. In 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4, this is very good. This is what, what it says. But even if our gospel is veiled, is veiled to those who are perishing, whose mind the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is an image of God, should shine on them. Amen. So, so look at this. But even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled for those who are perishing, who's the minds of the God of this age. And another translation says the God of this world. The God of this world. Little g. It's the devil. The God of this world is blinding the minds of those, the unbeliever, keeping them blind from seeing the goodness of God. Seeing the goodness of God. See, listen, see, God is not he's not behind the viruses and all the tragedy that's coming down the pike. No, he's not behind that. He's here so that we can call upon him so that we can come out of those things. No, no. Sin is in this world and sin always produces death. Sin. You sow to the flesh, you will reap corruption. So if we sow to the flesh, in other words, we go against God's word and his decrees and we do all the things that it's against God. Then 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 what what comes about that death? But we start walking with God, living for God. What comes about that life? Amen. Can I get an amen or oh me? Amen. And so so we we need to get that revelation of that. Uh, Let's look at Ephesians six and ten, because God's given us some weapons. And he's given us some weapons that we can stand and move forward, even though the enemy's trying to, I believe, trying to hold us back. I, I, I don't believe that it's a positive thing that, the, that, the, that we as, as church people have to be quarantined and we can't come to church. Uh, you know, I, I believe in the separation between church and state. I believe if you got faith and you, and you practice, uh, you know, uh, distancing and doing the right things that you could have church. Hopefully they're going to be opening up church real soon. I believe in our amendment rights of the freedom for us to come together. Now I'm getting kind of political now, 
But I, but I, I don't believe that, 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 you know, I believe if you have faith and you believe and you practice safe distancing, which we could do in this church, and we could keep everybody six feet apart, and, and we could have multiple church services, and we could have people go out one at a time. I'm telling you, we could have church again. But I'm believing that the restrictions are being loosened, glory to God, and that we'll be able to practice church the way God wanted us to practice it. See, see, God never wanted us to be social distancing. No, no. Jesus, when he healed the uh, leper, which which really you weren't even supposed to come in close with the lepers because they were considered uh, uh, infectious and contagious. Jesus embraced the leper. He prayed for the leper. Amen. Amen. Jesus didn't catch what the leper had. When Jesus told his disciples to go pray for the sick, he didn't say, uh, now make sure that you're wearing a mask and gloves. He didn't say that. No, he just said, pray for the sick. And guess what? They prayed for the sick and they got healed. Why? Because we as Christians are under divine protection. I just want to remind you about that. I talked about that earlier a couple weeks ago. We are under divine protection. No plague should come near my dwelling. I believe the word of God more than negative reports. Can I get an amen or oh me? So we got to we got to get a revelation of this. Look at Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Let's just look at this quickly. And I'm trying I'm going to close down on this. Hopefully don't hold me to it. But uh, it says here uh, in Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, it says, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So I, I love this because it's not saying that we need to be strong in our own ability. It's saying be strong in the Lord. Amen. See, when you're in the Lord, see, sometimes in our Christian walk, we can get cocky. Sometimes we can start thinking that we, you know, we have, you know, and we, and we got to be very careful. We just don't get too cocky in our walk. You know, Peter got a little cocky. Peter was walking with Jesus. He, he, uh, Father God gave uh, Peter the revelation that Jesus was the son of God, right? The savior of the world. Remember when Jesus said, who do you say that men say that I am? And Jesus said, you are the son of God. And then, and then Jesus said, uh, blessed are you, Simon Bajona, that flesh and blood did not reveal to you, this to you, but my father in heaven. And on this truth, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. What truth is that? The truth that Jesus is the son of God, that Jesus is the savior of the world. That is the foundational truth that we need to be walking in. And Peter got a little puffed up a little bit in pride. And then, then they're walking a little bit and Jesus saying, listen, I'm going to the cross. You know, I'm going to suffer some things. And Peter said, no way, Jesus, you're not going to the cross. And then what did, Je- what did Jesus say to Peter? Get behind me, Satan. He got a little cocky. And then what did, what did, what did Jesus say to Peter? He said, Satan wants to sift you like wheat, right? God is not looking to sift us like wheat, it's Satan that wants to sift us like wheat. But what did Jesus say? I'll pray for you that your faith faileth not. Right? Who, who's trying to sift us like wheat? Satan. But what, what is Jesus doing right now? He's our great intercessor in heaven. He's praying that our faith will not fail. Amen. So, so it says here, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God 
that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So, so this is the Apostle Paul. He's got a revelation here. And, you know, sometimes I listen to, I listen to a lot of ministers, or I try to, you know, just to see what they're preaching. And a lot of ministers don't want everyone to ever mention the devil in their preaching. Listen, it's not all God. It's not just God Almighty and the devil doesn't exist anymore. No, the devil's out here. And Paul is actually saying here that, our, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age and against the spiritual host of wickedness and heavenly ways. So, so we are wrestling. There are demonic forces that's trying to bring us down. But be of good cheer. God is with us and there's more with us than with them. God is our restorer. He's, he's our strengthener. He's our soon coming king. And then it says here, therefore, uh, that you may be able to stand in the evil day. So what do we do? We, we, we're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Listen, we're the triumphant church. We're not the scared church. We're not the fearful church. No, we're the triumphant church. We're, we're the church. We have no fear. Glory to God. We have all faith. We are believing believers. Glory to God. Look, look, it says, stand therefore having girded your waist with truth. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which were able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful in this with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Amen. So so we have to we can put on our helmet of salvation. Why? Because we have salvation in God. We can put on our salvation. It, salvation is more than just us receiving Jesus and and having a place in heaven. No, no, salvation is progressive. It moves. In other words, salvation is we are saved and we're being saved. In other words, being saved means that we're being delivered. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Salvation is more than just us uh, having a standing in Christ. It's we are being saved. We are being delivered. We are being set free. That's what salvation is. Amen. You know, it's a it's a process. It's an ongoing process. We're saved. The helmet of salvation. We're saved. We're saved from the judgment of God. Hallelujah. We're saved from going to hell. We're saved. Amen. Somebody say, I'm saved. Glory to God. Amen. And number two, the breastplate of righteousness. Man, we have right standing with God by the blood of Jesus. Glory to God. We are righteous in God's sight. That's good news. Why? Because God, because there's no judgment on a righteous man. I'm going to say it again. There's no judgment on the righteous man. There's no judgment on the church. Right? Oh, the, God's judging the church. He's not judging the church. We're the righteous church. What about everybody that's doing it? Listen. They, oh, man, can I get off my chair? I'm already off. Listen. Listen. When, 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 when Abraham 
was talking to, you know, uh, you know, was the Lord. We believe it was may have been Jesus. It was like three people that came to Abraham one time and two of them were angels. One, we believe, was the incarnate Jesus. And uh, and and Abraham and and Jesus, we believe, incarnate Jesus. The Lord was speaking to Abraham anyway and said, we, we're, we're going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Right. But um, and then Abraham said, well, would you destroy Sodom and Gomorrah if there's 50 righteous? And, uh, you know, the Lord said, well, if there's 50 righteous. I won't destroy Sodom and Gomorrah over 50. And then, you know, the story. Abraham said, well, what about 40? You know, he was a negotiator. Abraham was a good, you know, negotiator. I don't know if you ever try to go to a garage sale and try and try to whittle down the price of something. You know, hey, would you take this? I don't know if you ever do the, you know, the uh, online, you know, somebody off, you know, charging $50. Will you take 30? So, so Abraham was a good negotiator. He said, God, what about 30? Would you destroy that whole place for 30 people? God said, uh, the Lord said, I won't destroy the place for 30. Listen, he went all the way down to 10 people. What if there was just 10 people? God said, I won't destroy for 10. You know, I think, really, he could have pushed the envelope to one. He didn't go to one, but he could. What about one person? Would you destroy? Because we know that Lot, his nephew, was righteous. So he's, but he said 10. He, he wouldn't destroy for 10 people that were righteous in that city. What happened? Well, you know, when, when the angels came to Lot's house to get them out of the city, this was interesting. The angels said, we cannot do anything unless we get you out of the city first. Amen. What, 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 what is that saying? In, in other words, the judgment of God will not fall on this world until the church is taken out. I'm, I'm preaching today. Amen. This is not the judgment of God. No, 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 no. No, when the church is raptured, when, when, the, when the heavenly trumpet sounds, and we are uh, in a twinkling of eye, we are turned, you know, into, you know, glorified beings, glory to God. I'm telling you, this is not the judgment of God on, uh, on the church anyway. Amen. Yeah, it may be, it may be judgment on the world, but it's not even really the judgment on the world because this is not anything compared to when we, the Christians, are being raised up to glory. Then there's nobody praying. Then there's, we're the salt of the earth, the Bible says. We're the light of the world. We're keeping all the pandemonium from going forth. What, how? By our prayers. By us speaking the word of God, by our obedience to God. We, the Christian church, are keeping really all the negative from really destroying this world system. As long as we're here, no final judgment of this world is going to happen. Can I get an amen or oh me? So we need, we need, we need to think about that. We need, we need to know that, that God is good. And he is so good to us. And we need to believe that he is doing good things for us in the midst of the problems. Amen. So, so I just want to close on that note. I want to close on a note that there is some to say, is there a purpose for all this? Uh, well, the purpose is the devil's goal is to steal, kill and destroy. That's his purpose. But God's purpose is for us to move into the things of God. It's for us to get close to God. It's for us to wake up to righteousness, as the Bible says. No, no, listen. It, it's not the judgment of God that brings men to repentance. Amen. 
I'm going to say it again. It's the goodness of God that brings men to repentance. I was reading in the book of Revelation, and I'm closing here. And in, in the book of Revelation, it talks about the seven years of tribulation. And it really, all hell is going to be, be breaking loose in the seven-year tribulation. And I was reading about that, and, 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 and as I was reading that, it, I, I, I noticed that, that, um, that all these negative things were happening to the world and to the people. And this is what was the interesting thing about it. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, people still did not turn to God. Even though all this bad stuff was happening in the book of Revelation, people didn't turn to God. They shook their fist at God. So that tells me the judgment of God doesn't bring people, you know, close to God. It's the goodness of God. Because in the book of Revelation, people were cursing God and not praising him. Listen, listen, uh, let me just give my final point here. If we're going to make it through, you know, this pandemic, if we're going to make it through any storm that we're dealing with, we better we better pay attention to what James one says. James one says, count it all joy. Count it all joy when we suffer trials and tribulations and when we we need to start counting it all joy. Not that we're you know stuck in our houses or we can't go to our favorite restaurant. No, no, no. Let's just count it all joy that God's going to bring us through this shining on the other side. We need to start praising and not complaining. We need to start worshiping God. And we, listen, we need to be praising God more than ever before. Now listen, we need, to, we, need, we need to make the devil mad. In other words, we need to be witnessing more. We need to be praising more. We need to be reading our Bible more. We need, we need to be getting closer to God. We need to be preaching the goodness of God. Hallelujah. 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 What does John 3.17 say? We know what John 3.16 says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. But John 3.17 says that, that God sent his son in the world not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. God's not trying to condemn us. He's trying to save us. So I'm saying this today. Maybe you're going through a trial. Maybe you're going through a tribulation. Maybe you might even, perhaps, I don't know how many people are watching this broadcast. Maybe you are inflicted. Maybe you have COVID-19. God can bring you through it. God, have faith in God. Maybe you're dealing with cancer. Maybe you're dealing with something else other than COVID-19. Maybe you're dealing with something else. God is with you. And he can bring you through to the other side. Have faith. Faith in God. And I'm telling you, he's going to bring you through whatever trial, whatever tribulation, whatever the enemy's trying to try you on. God's going to bring you through to the other side. Say, I believe that. This is subject to change. This situation that we're in is subject to change. And I'm telling you, it's changing for the better. Do you believe that today? Did you receive it today? Amen. Let's just bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you for all that are here, that's in the audience, those that are watching online. And, and perhaps you don't know where you stand with God. Perhaps you, uh, even as a Christian, maybe you're not walking with God like you used to. And you're not even reading your Bible anymore. You're not listening to worship. You, you're just kind of away from God. Well, today, the Bible says, is the day of salvation. In other words, if you feel that God is drawing you this morning, 
then you need to step up and receive his goodness. And, and, and he wants to invade your life with his goodness today. And he wants to bring you in and move you into the right direction. So if that's you today and you're not walking with God, you used to walk with God, or you don't know, you never walked with God, you just don't know where you stand with God if you died today, you can know by receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I want to lead you in a prayer, and this prayer will get you into a place where you can start moving forward in God. Just say this after me, me in your heart. Say, dear God, I repent of sin. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and that you were raised from the dead to put me in right standing with you. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and Savior Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org. 